Welcome to Frontline Worship Center. We're here to worship. Very simple. Give worship to the King. Right, Faithy? That's right. That's right. Let's stand. If you would, please. Father, we give you all glory and all honor. Lord, we pray you'd be with all those that are traveling. Father, on this, in some cases, four-day weekend, we pray, God, that we would pray for their safety. You would keep them safe, Lord. You have a name. Jehovah Nisi. It's one of your names. You're covering over them, a banner over them, a banner of victory that you can protect them against any attacks of the enemy, any unfortunate calamities. We believe that, Lord. We want to trust in that name, one of your many names. Have we said it before? You have 700 plus names and titles in the Bible and unlimited in heaven. We call on those names as the strong tower of our lives. We worship you as that strong tower, not weakly with our flesh. But we pray that we would allow our spirit to rise up and worship, pure worship from our spirit that's born again. God, we don't want business as usual worship. We don't want to just give half effort. We want to put our heart into it, Lord, because you deserve it. You're the only one that deserves it. So we honor you. We lift up your name today. We bless you. We favor you, Lord. Favor you with our lips. Favor you with our thoughts, with our hearts. Trusting you, trusting you for healing, deliverance. Giving that out, Lord, as well as receiving it all. Yes, Lord. Work through us to bless one another today in our tribe as part of the body of Christ, Lord. We bless the body of Christ. All those meeting today to honor your name. May your name be truly honored. No hypocrisy, Father. We have more than 10,000 reasons to bless your name, Lord. It's hard for us to keep up. You have so many ways that you've blessed us and worked in our lives. Lift hearts today that are burdened. Let them cast their cares upon you because you care for them. Lift those that are burdened that they might take the light side of the yoke because you always want to take the heavy side. Burdens and cares are not supposed to be on our shoulders. They're supposed to be cast on you. You're the only one that can handle them. We're not wired to handle burdens. We're wired to handle joy. We're wired to handle worship to you. We're not wired to handle burdens. That's why you tell us to cast them on you. Any of our failings, cast them on you. 
anything that's weighing us down financially, emotionally, family that needs your touch. We cast that care of it on you. We still pray, we still contend, we still battle, but we cast the burden of it on you. Why shouldn't we bless your name? When we, you want us to do that, you command us to do that. Cast all your care on him because he cares for you. Since he cares for you enough to die on the cross, he died for all those burdens. And he'll handle them. Thank you, Lord. We give them to you. We cast them on you. That means far away from us, far away from our attention. The burden of our needs. And you have names to meet our needs. And Father, you have names to meet the needs of others so we can actually minister when we are having needs. Because you can take care of them with your names for us. And we can encourage others that their needs, their burdens, can be handled by you. We can minister to them when we're needy. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. We want to lift up your name. Bless the Lord. Worship your holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. My soul, worship your holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Son, come. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord. Your home. 
in love and you're slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness i will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship your holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Near and my time is come. Still, my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Evermore. Our mighty King, give you worship. Our Father, our Father, Almighty God, we worship you. You. We lift your name on high. We worship you, our God. Oh, our God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. the Lord. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Oh, rejoice. 
Now, when we allow the song to go on prophetically, you don't have to follow. You just can sing to the Lord all on your own. You don't have to try to follow the words that we're bringing before the Lord, the worship we're bringing before the Lord. That's your time to just kind of go off yourself. You don't have to look stunned like, oh, we're going to take the song in a different direction. That's going to happen. And so you just, you know, worship or tune in or just listen or receive or whatever. It's a time for encounter. Amen? Uh, that was a little weak. Amen? That was still weak. I know you're small in number today because so many people are away, but let's be stronger. It's to the Lord, not me. Facing any battles? We have a solution. There's a table you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Come on, battle. Oh, 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 oh. There's a table you've prepared for me. In the presence, yes, of my enemy. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Yeah, yeah. How I fight my battles oh, And I believe you've overcome And I will sing my song of praise for all you've done And I believe you've overcome And I will sing my song of praise for all you've done This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how In the valley I know you're with me And surely your goodness And your mercy follows me So my weapons Are praise and thanksgiving This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, 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 
I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. My God will 
Have you forgotten? Every war he wages, we will win. He will win. He will win. I'm not backing down from any giant.
response song that means you're going to be singing by yourselves exalt the Lord our God exalt the Lord our God and worship Oh, 
the great I am. You are the king of kings. You are the righteous lamb. We give you glory, Lord. We lift your name on high. You are my mighty one. There I depend on in life. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. Holy. Our God is holy. You are so holy. Angels sing holy, holy, holy. so that our praise goes higher, Lord. We need your anointing in us even to worship you. 
thank you, God. Continue to go to the secret place, throne room of God. You can go there in the spirit. Worry less about the words of the song and more about an encounter with Jesus. He who dwells in the sea. Shadow 
to live under your shadow. Under your shadow. Want to live under your shadow. Loving you, Lord. You're my deliverer. 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 Jehovah, my party, you're my deliverer. Jehovah Rapha, oh Jehovah Rapha, you're my deliverer. I ask you to activate your mighty name. I implore you, my God, build a strong tower of your name. Oh, the wise and righteous of the Lord run into the strong tower of your name. You say there's safety, safety. Part of deliverance. Jehovah Nisi, God, my banner, cover me, over Lord. Jehovah Nisi, my protection, 
victory of the Lord. Call on your name. Call on your name, Lord. I call on your name. Call on your name, oh Lord. You're my deliverer. You're my deliverer. You're my of my soul you gave all of you for little me for eternity for eternity lasts for eternity you gave all of you just for me for eternity no one else deserves the praise the honor and the glory because you're my taking communion today for those of us who <clears throat> have given our lives to Jesus are following him I just want to read out uh, Psalm 103 that talks about praising the Lord and as I read these statements that are truths of who God is and what he's done for us what we're celebrating and remembering and coming under the banner of as we take communion with him um, as I read out these statements if it resonates in your heart I just want you to speak out out loud you know, at the end of the statement, just say, thank you, Jesus, or praise you, Lord, or amen, or yes, something. Just speak it out of your, out of your lips as I'm reading out loud. Uh, just, just go for it. We're going to praise the Lord together here. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. 
who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He has made his known known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Thank you, Lord. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Thank you, Lord. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we step into this, Father, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We are your works. We are in your dominion, and we praise you this morning. Thank you, Father. Lord, that we just remember your covenant to us, Father, that you died on the cross, Lord, you sacrificed your flesh, that we could have these benefits, Father, you poured out your blood, Father, that we could come into covenant with you, Lord, that our sins could be forgiven, Father, as far as the east is from the west, Lord, you have removed them from us. Thank you, Father, we, we are grateful and we enter into that covenant uh, renewed in our hearts today. I'd like to invite you to come out on Friday night between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. for the Watch of the Lord. Um, if you haven't come before, just know you can come and go. If you can't get here at 9, you can come at 10 or 11. If you can't stay until 5, you can leave earlier. Um, it's very free. We, we worship and we pray. So uh, we just want to invite you to that. Um, you're going to be having um, these scriptures here passed out to you. It's um, scriptures and um, prayer guide to pray for our children um, to use throughout the week and on Friday nights. And when we're here for that length of time, we get to pray for um, 
everything that's on God's heart, and we always pray for our children. So that this is a really uh, good prayer guide for you to use. Um, it's just these, these times of, of corporate intercession, I, I just feel that as we get closer to Jesus' return, we're going to be doing it, it more and more because the battle is raging, and, and you just look around, and, and you know the, the fight is on. So um, there's this picture of, of the bride, the bride of Christ in her wedding gown, and on her feet are army boots. So as we mature as the bride, part of that is, is realizing that we're in the army of God, and, and we are mighty warriors. So come, put on, on your army boots and come and, and make war in the heavenlies this Friday. Um, be the warrior that you are. Just, just, we, we just welcome you and say, let's, let's worship, let's pray, let's feel God's heart and partner with him for all that he's doing in these days. Thank you, guys. Good morning, everybody. Amen. Um, I love the scriptures and prayers for your kids. Uh, the enemy is relentless, and he's wicked, and God is good. Sometimes we don't see how the enemy wants to destroy us and come right down in the middle of our ministries and our businesses and our families and friends and all that to try to bring division. And the Lord is a gatherer. He's not a scatterer. And so these are helpful scriptures and prayers and things like that to be praying and to be standing on because we believe that just as Pastor Bill was singing this morning, singing out this morning, that Jehovah Mapalti is our freer. He's our deliverer. And Jehovah Rapha is our healer. And Jehovah Nisi provides and guides and leads as well in all the names of God. And so we want to step into everything that the Lord has already done for us. And we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey of discovering who the Lord is, how good he is, how faithful he is. And he gives us kind of a measuring stick inside. And when we're not really peaceful, the peace of the Lord, then something's amiss. Sometimes we can sense what's going on around us. But if we allow that to affect us in a way where our, our own peace and our own joy and righteousness is destroyed or pulled back, then the enemy is sneaky. You know, he comes in to try to smack us around. But we don't fear the enemy, but we have a fear and awesome reverence for the one who has saved us, the one who knows how we feel, the one who cares, the one who's totally empathetic, but also loves us so much he doesn't want us to stay where we are because he knows we can be hurt. He's always bringing us into goodness, and we can share that goodness with others. And so I just wanted to go over this scripture here. It's Isaiah 26, 3. You will guard him and keep him. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. Let's look at that again. This is Amplified Classic, so it might feel a little wordy, but it's really about the peace of God. And when we carry God's peace, wow, the one who hates our soul is not people, but maybe people connect with the one who hates their soul or our soul. But the one who loves our soul is saying, hey, this is who I am. Come to me, and I will give you peace. And so the one who hates our soul Again, 
is the one who tries to rob us. He's a thief. He tries to steal. Think of things in your house. Think of your own property. Think of your cars. Thinks, think of things that are really precious to you, physical things, tangible things, obviously our families and friends, but physical things. We don't want anybody, any, any way for something to happen to those. We don't want anyone to come and steal, to take from us, to destroy, to bring and wreak havoc in our lives, and to say, hey, I'm taking that from you, and God's given it to you. It's like, oh, I don't think so. So the enemy is a thief, and he's a destroyer, but he's very sneaky, <coughs> and he's very subtle, and he works through various means to try to affect our thinking and try to affect our emotions and definitely try to affect our wills. But if we can't see who the real enemy is, <coughs> then we end up fighting each other, and the enemy sits back and smiles. Jesus knows all that. So as Pastor Bill was singing out, he who dwells in the secret place and hides under the shadow of the mighty Lord, the wings of the mighty Lord, that's a place of refuge. So let's just look at this again. You, Lord, I'm adding, will guard him or her and keep him or her in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you, fixed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So that's our role. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We lean on you, and we hope confidently in you, and we, we depend on you. And that's the journey that we're on to learn who he is and why he's calling us to do that and how he's given us a way for that to occur. And I love that. So that's the real freedom inside. So all the anxiety and the edginess and all the circumstantial stuff that really is tough. Lord understands that, but he gives us a way of escape. He's not pointing a finger, but he's saying, come to me and I'll give you peace and I'll give you rest. So take that and put that in your spiritual pocket, so to speak, and, and just look at the promises God's given and look at what he's saying we can do to be able to fulfill and receive those promises. And he fulfills them, I should say. So look at this. We have a, just a very, very, very short clip that I saw recently that um, Bill Johnson put on Facebook, and I thought, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and play that this morning as we're sensing and feeling peace in here, peace in our souls rising right now. So we're going to watch this. Just watch this for a moment and let this percolate inside. And so when you see the chaos that's in the world, it's always tied it's always tied to sin. It's always tied to independence from God. He's a perfect father. and Everything he rules over has perfect order, perfect love, perfect peace. When we step outside of that, we experience the chaos. That's why Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then what would he do? He would set somebody free. They were tormented in their mind and they'd experience peace. And he'd say, the kingdom came near you. His world has perfect peace. And so for those who don't like the chaos of this world, all the more reason to serve God who's a perfect father and discover not only how to live in and taste of that world of perfect peace, but also how to represent it, how to spread it. So Father, we just thank you for your perfect peace. You are the peace giver. You are shalom. You're the peacemaker. 
And we thank you, Lord, that as we say yes, we want to experience you. We want to experience peace, and we want to be able to release that to everybody that we're around. Work in us, Lord. We give ourselves right now to you to accomplish that in us. We know that the enemy doesn't like these words, doesn't like this video, doesn't like anything that's positively coming out today to be able to shift the atmosphere here in this place and in our hearts. So, Father, we just lay ourselves down, surrender ourselves to you, and you'll lead us into the full truth. You'll lead us through discovery into the goodness and the faithfulness of who you are. <clears throat> so we thank you for that today. We thank you for the shift today. We thank you, Lord, that you are perfect peace. And thank you, Father, with the chaos that's in the world. Father, we need you, and we need to partner with you. You're way above anything negative. And, Father, we believe that as we learn how, how great you are and learn to depend on you and take the steps that you have for us to be able to connect in those deeper places, that you're going to provide everything that we're really desiring and wanting in our hearts so that our true identity will come from, be shaped by you in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this, this discovery journey that we're on, and thank you for deepening that for us today. Before everybody's released to go to class, um, myself and Troy and Ashley are heading on a plane tomorrow out of Akron Canton at 2 o'clock and we're going to Germany uh, just for a week, and then within that week, going to some meetings, and then we're going to also go to a place called Croatia. If you were here last week, you heard about that, you saw the map, and you heard a little bit of the story about Croatia through a lot of journeying and discovering and saying, Lord, show us what you're saying and doing. We determined that the Lord was speaking, and he was leading, and he was guiding, and still is. So we're taking steps to be able to see that unfold. I uh, heard in my heart very strongly the word Dubrovnik when I was asking the Lord a week or so ago if there were other places to go in addition to the meetings that we're attending and ministering in with others in Germany. And I heard that word, and it was just wild. It's like, whoa. And I had heard the word before, Dubrovnik is a city, but it wasn't familiar but there was a, a little sense of what do I know about this place, but I couldn't pinpoint exactly where it was. I, I needed you guys to say, don't you know your geography? It's right there. It's like, ah. So I had to think about where's Croatia. I didn't even remember it was Croatia, to be honest with you. But Dubrovnik was the capital of Yugoslavia, and then Yugoslavia divided into several countries, and so Croatia is one of them. So it's not the current capital, but believe that God is sending this there for multiple purposes and reasons. So thank you for those who are able to come out next weekend as well. We'll be in the middle for the Watch of the Lord, the prayer time uh, and intercession. It's really cool. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I won't be here. But I really will appreciate, and so will the rest of our team, all the prayers and intercession, you know, for you guys to offer up for us to, to help us here with the new people we're meeting here, the full assignment, and, and just walk in it and let God use us to release peace, release truth, and see what he wants to do to, to set a fire in a good way to against evil and for good in the country of Croatia. <clears throat> so we're just going to ask if um, Papa Bill can come up and pray over us, and you can 
extend your hands if you would, and we want to dismiss people to their classes after that. We give them enough time. So if Ashley and Troy can come up and join me, that'd be great. So if you can just extend your arms, what, if you want to, what that is saying is, you know, I'm with them, I'm for them, and yes, Lord, do it, do it in their lives. That's the reason. It's not Heil Hitler, you know. This is like, <laughs> I'm just putting my hand out saying, I agree with what you're doing in heaven. So that's what we would like to do today, and have some prayer here. Father, I thank you for this team, God. Lord, you are so intentional. And Father, you gave a word as they were considering going to Europe for uh, some incredibly strategic meetings. Europe must be saved. And Lord, that's your heart cry. And we're just picking it up, Father. And this team has picked it up in their hearts, Father. And Lord, as they go, and as they go to a new country, Croatia, Father, you've made the connections. You gave the word, then you made the connections. Usually, we like to make the connections and then hear some words along the way. Father, for Europe, in these last uh, couple of trips, you've been giving the word first and then making the connections in so many instances. Thank you, Lord, for this team. Bless them, God. Favor them. Anoint them, Jesus. Give them absolute direction in every uh, move that they make, every word that they say, God. Anoint them as a team together. Lord, they work together so well, Father, and we just pray that that would be magnified, that would be multiplied, God, unto the nations, Lord. They are planning on Germany and Croatia, but who knows what you will do when they're there? These countries are so close to one another. If they get a, a, a mini call, Lord, I know that they are willing. They are willing to adjust. Just like Paul adjusted when he started north and ended up going west. Northeast, and he went west. God, because of the move of the Holy Spirit, we anoint them with that kind of flexibility. We anoint them with that kind of hearing of the Lord, the Holy Spirit within them, God, that voice that is unmistakable, Lord, in their hearts, and they each will hear, and they each will add to the movement of the team. We believe that, God, whether it's to a person or a location. God, we bless them and favor them. We commission them today for your mission. We commission them for your mission. This is your mission, Father. We are well aware of that. They're your kids. You're the dad. They're your warriors. You're the ultimate warrior. You're the commander, God. They will listen to you. They will hear from you. They will be anointed by you, be healed up by you. Lord, from maybe lack of sleep or maybe an injury that the enemy has brought. Lord, as they go, Heal them up, strengthen them, anoint them, empower them. They're depending on you, even for packing <laughs> in the last few hours here, God. We know that everything will be put together by you in Jesus' name. And we all uh, stretch our hands a little more intentionally, you know, like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we bless them, Lord, as a body, as the body of Christ. And as this tribe, we bless our fellow warriors, God, 
And we'll be praying for them, won't we? And we'll be praying seriously for them, won't we? And we aren't going to forget, are we? Even if we don't know their names with some new people here today. Just go ahead, pray for the Europe mission team. That'll be good enough. God knows who they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, just one quick word. Thanks, guys. One quick word, just so that there would be no confusion. I don't believe it was offered, but many times we can think about words that are said. And I want to praise God for this group here, uh, for these, since 1996, we've been going overseas, and the Lord has given us strategic plans in advance, countries and people and orchestrated relationships. So we have been stepping into that, asking the Lord, where do you want us to go and what do you want us to do and who do you want us to connect with? That's the intention behind what we're saying today. And because we are planners, we are strategizers. And that's really why we are also doing what we're doing in Europe. And the Lord is also taking us into another realm where he's, he's moving us and uh, providing the flex needed in things that hadn't been seen. And he was speaking very clearly without any initial connection. So he's adding that more and more. So I want to thank you for that and being part of that strategizing effort since 96. And we're just going to continue doing that. And there are some things that need a well-ordered plan in advance to be able to accommodate people elsewhere with their lives and schedules. And then the Lord takes it from there as well. So that's what's meant behind that, just to provide some clarity. So God bless you all. And teens, go to your classes, please. And Young people, go to yours. Amen. Fathers, teach us during this time. We've drawn together to hear from you, from your word, which speaks to us, from your spirit, which speaks to us. We open our hearts wide for what you're going to release today by your spirit to us. Oh, there's a speaker, but we want, Lord, to hear right from you, from your Holy Spirit speaking. That will hit home. That will be empowered. That will be strengthened in us. Yes, Lord. Change us during this time together so that as we move out the doors, we will help change other people as well. We give you glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. When I say amen, you can say amen. That means agreement. And if it's kind of weak agreement, it, it kind of, you know, as I step up here to speak, it kind of is not that encouraging. So be encouraging. Say amen. amen. That's what they do in Africa. You know, they talk about amen a lot. So we've learned. Well, I think you can see from the sheet, if you've received it, that uh, the message is on the fear of the Lord. I've been reading a book called The Awe of God. I'm still in the middle of it, but I'm already challenged. And so I think I should challenge you. I mean, why should I be the only one challenged? Why should I be the only one here 
that receives the good stuff. So I'm going to give you some of the good stuff. You have some scriptures in front of you uh, on the fear of the Lord, common scriptures, and don't make them common. You know, look at these, dwell on these. Even while I'm speaking today, if you're looking at those and you're getting something out of it more than the speaker, that's okay. Those scriptures are going to go deeper than what I can go. Fear of the Lord. I uh, was thinking of a testimony of where I could say I actually feared the Lord, you know, on a very important decision. And there were, there were several. I was encouraged. Do you have those? Of course you do. When you were born again, the day you were born again, remember that day. Go back to that day. Some of you might be, you were very young. Some were a little older. I was 19. And when I really met the Lord... But that was a day where you feared the Lord more than you feared man, more than you feared yourself. How many were in a meeting when it happened? You were in an actual meeting and you went forward or you received the Lord in a meeting. Wow, look at that. There's only like a couple. That's amazing. Used to be that was the common way. <laughs> wow, this is awesome. How many received the Lord on your own? You were by yourself. He suddenly convicted you, and you asked him to come into your life. You repented of your sins. Okay, there's a few of those. I'm trying to think of other ways you can receive the Lord. Okay. <laughs> How many were with their parents? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now I got a group. There we go. Awesome. Tremendous. And there are probably other ways. I just can't think of any right now. So the idea is that you feared the Lord on that day. When you were born again, you feared the Lord. If you made him your Lord at a different time, that certainly was a time when you feared the Lord. Because you recognized he's not just your Savior. He's not just going to be the key to getting into heaven. But you're going to lay down your life. You're going to give Every day, every hour to the Lord was the idea, right? Now, we've all failed at that, so don't feel bad. We've all failed. But we're still going for it, right? That's a yes. Yes, we are. We're going for it. So those of us that have made Jesus Lord, that was a time when we said, I fear you, God, more than man, more than... Uh, wanting my own way and thinking I can take care of myself. I can do it. We said, no, I need you as Lord. I need you to be who you really are. You're my creator. You're the one that knows everything about me. You can make better decisions for me than I can make for myself. That's when you start fearing the Lord, right? Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That certainly was a moment in your life when you feared the Lord. I remember that we started out as a home Bible study, and that's going to be part of a testimony I'm going to give, but we started out as a home Bible study, and we used to ask the, the, the kids that came into the home Bible study, they were uh, teenagers and young adults and some, you know, some college kids and some ones that were just getting started on their careers. As they were coming to the Bible study, at the end of many Bible studies, we'd say, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want the Holy Spirit to, to fully 
be empowering in your life, then go into this library. It was a small room. And there'll be people in there to help you with, with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I could not believe the young people that just went to that room like it was nothing. They were in there with strangers that said that they knew how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they trusted. They trusted that. That's the fear of the Lord. Because it was a small room. They closed the door. You're in there, and someone's telling you about being baptized by the Spirit of God. Sometimes that room was the best room in the house to be in. Because God just came in and baptized so many young people in that room. It was just, it's just awesome to think of that. And they feared God more than they feared man to go into that room and hear about being baptized fully, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Such a joy. So you have experiences that you can say, I feared the Lord already. So when you hear some of the things that we're going to talk about over the next several uh, messages about the fear of the Lord, things I'm learning new about the fear of the Lord. I've known the Lord since 1972. I'm learning new things about how to fear him. Join me with that. Join me with that. This is such an important thing, isn't it? Because we're going to align our hearts with him more because of that. So uh, the present house that we have, it was before the Bible study was started. We uh, purchased this house at auction, which was an awesome thing. God moved in that auction. And we came into the house... Before the auction, we were allowed to walk through the house. We were allowed to be in the house and so on. And I, somewhere in that process, we realized that this, there was going to be something happening in this family room. And so when we won the auction, we went in there and we prayed. And God made it evident there is going to be something, some meeting, some gathering that's going to happen in this family room. And we, we rejoiced. It was like, wow, this is so awesome. God has provided a house for our family, and now there's going to be something new that's going to start in this very room. So we prayed. We were humbled by that, and we, we wondered what really what God was going to do. Well, was, the house was purchased at auction. should be pretty easy, right? It was a brand-new house. Uh, it had been on the market, couldn't sell it. The seller couldn't sell it. He was a Christian. Christian builder, and it was like it was saved for us. The way the auction went, it was obvious. God wanted us to be in this house, and then he showed us there's going to be something in this family room, and we had had a sense of that to one degree or another, but we definitely knew it when we went into the house after the auction. But there was a problem, and the bank, even though it was a brand-new house, purchased at auction, Every paper that they wanted from us, we immediately got in. We were so excited to have this thing close in 60 days or whatever it was. And we were, we were thinking, well, this is, is going to be a, a, a cool thing. God has already given a word. We know something great's going to start here. Our family's going to be in here as well. It's just an amazing house. But... Somehow the paperwork didn't get processed in time, and it went over the deadline. So the seller 
found this out and started to turn around the paperwork. He was not going to follow through with the sale of the house because he had lost tens of thousands of dollars in the auction. He, he, you know, he, he was promised by the auctioneer, this is going to be an awesome, awesome sale. You're going to you know, reap a lot from this sale, get a high price, and so on. And the opposite happened. We were praying for a low price, very few people at the auction, and uh, Michael over here was young at that time, and he was, he was declaring that out. And that's what happened. It rained a little bit that day, and even though there had been many people through the house and through the neighborhood and, and so on, very few people were in the garage for the auction. And so the paperwork didn't go through in time. So he was starting to pull back on this whole deal, doing it with the bank, never notified us about it. But our loan officer let us know there was something up. And so we uh, decided to call this this uh, builder and talk to him. We knew he was a Christian. And so we had talked to him after the auction, and he said, oh, you know, wow, you know, I prayed for a high price and lots of people, and it was just the opposite. And we said, well, we had an eight-year-old praying, <laughs> you know, for less people and uh, a low price. So what are you going to do? So he laughed. Uh, but when I called him, he was like, look, you know, I can't lose this kind of money on this, on this house. You don't understand. I'm losing tens of thousands of dollars, and I can't, I can't take that loss. So I went to my Bible study, and the people there said, uh, well, looks like God is favoring you. He's pulling the deal so that you don't lose all this money. And so that's makes sense, doesn't it? God is pulling the deal to bless you. Except that he didn't talk to the other party, which was us. And we'd had a word of the Lord that something was going to happen in this living room, in this family room. So we talked for four and a half hours. And I was telling him what sounds like a story to benefit us. That we have received a word. There's going to be a Bible study or a gathering in this room that's going to touch the nations, or it's going to, it's going to at least be significant for some reason. And he said, well, listen, listen. I'll build another house. This neighborhood's not done. I'll build you another house and I'll, it'll be just slightly smaller, but it'll be quality, it'll be everything. I just can't lose money on this house. And he gave the reasons. And I said, but you don't understand. The word is for this particular room. Now, in my flesh, I would have said, well, that's not like a good deal to me. All right, just as long as the deal doesn't go down, uh, and we end up with nothing from the auction, that sounds like a good deal to me in the flesh. But the Spirit was saying, tell him the way it really is. And so I told him. And it would have been a lot easier not to. I sounded wacky. Like, oh yeah, you got a word. Oh yeah, for this particular room. And you can't do that in another house? What's wrong with it? You know, you don't know what the person's going to think. And he had received counsel from his leaders. 
So we spent another four and a half hours the next night. He was open to talk all that time. Think of that. He feared the Lord enough to talk with me, who probably sounded like a wacko to him, even though he was a Christian. And we talked four and a half more hours. And he was listening and listening and listening. That was fearing God, because he could have just said, look, the paperwork is is just going to have to be reversed. I need this money back. He again explained all his situation. I explained what we'd heard from the Lord. And so the end of it was, I'll pray about it. That's all I ask. You pray about it because God gave us the word, right? God will speak to him for this word to be accomplished. And so he feared the Lord enough to pray about it overnight and pray uh, that that next morning. As he prayed, after he prayed, right after he prayed, he received a phone call from the real, or from the, sorry, from the auctioneer. The auctioneer said, hey, what's going on with this deal? The Gokies are kind of, you know, they're going to be hurt by this. What's going on? Why are you pulling the deal? It was a good, you know, it was a clear auction. Everything was fine. What, what's going on? He said, well, you said it was going to be a high price. I lost tens of thousands of dollars, and my counsel says, you know, this is a way to recoup it, and so on. And yeah, I, don't, I, w- I want to help the Gokies, so I offered to build them a different house. You know, whatever he told him. And the guy said, look, look. And, and, and the, seller, the builder said, look, you promised these things, and they didn't happen. And the auctioneer said, you know, you're kind of right. It really went low, and I don't understand it. It shouldn't have, but it did. Tell you what, you can have my fee back. And so this guy was like, what? An auctioneer giving back his fee after he has all his people there. It's not just him. It's his people trying to get everyone to bid high. And he's just going to take that loss and let me have that money back. So, uh-oh. He started to see that God was moving. So he had another call that morning with another. He was going to go to Louisville. And he was going to start another allotment in Louisville. And he had, the gas company had given him a price for each individual uh, place that he was going to need gas. And so he called up the gas company to see how that was working out. Is this the way it really is and everything? And the gas company said, oh, you have something wrong here. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's not the price for each individual place that you're going to build. That's the price for the whole thing. What? So he recouped some money there that he hadn't planned on. An insurance situation with another house he built in our neighborhood uh, came through at some point where he he was receiving money from a house that had burned. He received money uh, from a couple other sources that day. He called his father, who was his partner. He said, I have, to call, I have to sell this house to the Gokies. I'm getting money back. I'm getting money back right and left. And the, and the, and the, the father said, you know, he, he felt the fear of the Lord, and he said, you're right, you're right. You need to reverse what you started at the bank. Reverse it today. Reverse it today. Now, if you heard his testimony, you'd probably say it a little bit different than this because it's been 30 years, but it's pretty close to this because <laughs> he's recounted it to us. And so 
he decided to reverse it. He called me up. I was at a camp. It was a bad connection. I was before cell phones. You never have a bad connection on a cell phone. But we, we had a bad connection, you know, on a landline. And I could barely hear him, but he was saying, I have to sell you the house. You need to come to the bank today. Today, you need to come. And so we ended up going to the bank that afternoon and finalizing the paperwork. He had already been there. He had already gotten it set up for us. And, you know, the house turned out to be in our hands in a very short amount of time. And so all that to say, a lot of times it's both parties in something need, need to have the fear of the Lord, right? You can offend somebody, you can ask their forgiveness, and they go, oh, yeah. And they're a Christian. They're not fearing God. They should be seeing that that's God's process, that we come, we ask forgiveness, you should forgive, right? We, we have the fear of the Lord to go. They should have the fear of the Lord to receive us and forgive, forgive, forgive. So there's so many instances where we need to press into this and understand what the fear of the Lord is. So that's kind of the basis of what we're talking about here. The definition of the fear of the Lord is my own definition. You can come up with your own, but they're all kind of challenging. I'll just tell you that. The one in this book, he goes on for two or three pages. So I didn't think I would give you that definition. But my definition is a healthy fear of God is a humbly reverent awe of the Almighty. Where I always align everything I am and everything I do to please him because he is worthy. A healthy fear of God is a humbly reverent awe of the Almighty where I always align everything I am and everything I do to please him because he is worthy. That alone, just hearing that read, humbles my heart that I want to, I want to place my life into alignment with him a lot more, a lot better. I see areas in my life just reading that, just hearing the term fear of the Lord, just hearing that and knowing times when I did feel that I feared the Lord, stepped in, didn't fear man, uh, didn't have, you know, self-preservation as the issue. Oh, I, I might lose something here. Well, he says, lose your life and then you'll gain it, right? We have to take risks to be a believer. You know, the team going to, to uh, Europe, they're taking risks. They're taking risks to go over there. They don't know what the connections will turn out to be, where they might be asked to go, how much sleep they might be asked to give up in order to serve other people and love other people. The team going to Mozambique, April, early April, they're taking risks. You take a risk when you share the gospel with someone. You know, you, someone that's a stranger or someone in the family. They know your life. They know you're not perfect. You could hold back because, wow, they see my life. I'm not perfect. You have to rely on the anointing of God in order to speak the gospel to them, don't you? I've had family members I spoke the gospel to. I was shocked at their reception. 
because it was the moment he chose. And he gave me the anointing to share with my own family members. And they knew my life. They knew it wasn't perfect. It didn't matter. Jesus was perfect. And that's who they were in the presence of because it was his divine moment. We need to look for that from God, right? To go way beyond us in order to give out the gospel to people, especially people that know us because they know we're not completely finished, are we? We're a work in progress. Webster's Dictionary, at least part of the definition, an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, anxious concern, or unpleasant alarm. Also, it includes profound reverence and awe, especially toward God. So we're not talking about natural fear here. The first part of that definition, of course, is about natural fear. If you look up on the internet, phobias, you'll be shocked at the, the human condition, how many things we fear, just naturally. Some people, you know, fear cracks on the sidewalk. They step over them not for fun. They step over them because they fear them. You know, there's a phobia of everything. We know the common ones, snakes, spiders, things like that. But people are very fearful of so many things, and COVID has made it even worse. So the phobias uh, of people around us, you'd be shocked at what they actually fear. Fear of flying. How are you going to be someone that goes to the nations and have a fear of flying? That can be overcome by the fear of the Lord, right? You don't have to stay fearful of flying. God can heal that up in us. We can step on a plane and actually enjoy the trip, not be for 10, 12 hours, some of the places we go. 10 or 12 hours, you're in total fear on the plane. That, that is not God's portion for a person, right? So the fear of the Lord can triumph over all those natural fears that we have. Don't embrace those natural fears, those natural phobias. In fact, don't look up on the internet if you fear fear. <laughs> don't look up on the internet phobias because you might pick up a couple. You've got to go to the Lord first and say, you are bigger, you are more mighty than any of these things that could come against me. Who wants those to be fully embraced? The enemy. If he's all about something, we want to stay away from it. We want to see it conquered in our lives. We want to see God be God. Psalm 89, 6 and 7. For who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Answer. Answer. Who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? There we go. I, I knew there was an answer out there. Who among the sons of the Almighty is like the Lord, a God greatly feared in the counsel of the Holy Ones and awesome above all those who are around him? That's the kind of person that we're fearing. He's at the top 
of every chart, right? He's at the top. He's the pinnacle. You know what? He can't go any higher than Almighty God. So he's the one we should fear, but it's a reverence. It's an awe, but it's all-encompassing. It's not just, wow, I felt some really good feelings during worship. It goes deeper than that, right? Much deeper than that. It brings about intimacy with him. We want to come close to him. It's, it's the kind of fear that draws us close. Natural fears repel us, right? Some people actually fear God in an unhealthy way. We're not talking about that. They think he's out to get them, or he will not ever answer their prayers. Why is he answering everyone else's? That's an unhealthy fear of God. So we're shooting for more and more of a healthy fear of God because it aligns us with his heart. And there's so much favor and anointing and blessing that come from aligning our hearts with his and the ability to fight the enemy. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, God's kingdom, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Reverence and awe are certainly part of the fear of the Lord, right? It's in my definition. It's in this verse. And it's, it's, it needs to grow in us. It needs to deepen over the years. I find that in this decade of my life, I am far more cognizant of the fact of what God thinks about something, not just what I think about something, not just my opinion, but what is his opinion? What does he think about this activity? Or what does he think about my thought life? What does he think about my character? Is he pleased with me? I'm thinking more about that than any other time in my life. I think as you go along, if you have those moments where you feared God and you realize it and you know it's an over-encompassing thing in decisions, let's say, you have an overall fear of God, but in those decisions you actually follow through and do what God wants you to do, that that becomes kind of your pattern. You want to do that again. You want to make those decisions again that please the Lord and not just you. Or, you know, you want to make decisions that go against fearing man. What they would normally think is rational behavior, rational choices. Going on missions, people so many times tell us, you know, as we're sharing with them in the store or something, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Now, I don't say back to them, well, why didn't you? But God might be saying that. First step is you have to give him your life because you need the Holy Spirit to ever go on a mission. That's not your idea. That's not the first thing you wake up with in the morning if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside. I think I'll go on a mission today. Unless it's your own, some mission that you have personally. No, it takes the Holy Spirit to bring that to us, right? 
And listening to him brings the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord brings decisions towards going on missions or going downtown and sharing with people on the streets or sharing with your family. Some of them look too hard. They'll never really receive the Lord, so I, why should I share with them? That's not the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord says anyone can be born again. God is that powerful to capture their hearts. He captured ours. We were no closer than they are. We just think we are sometimes. A consuming fire. Should we fear that fire? The more relationship we are with, with Jesus, the less we fear some consuming fire of God, right? In a natural fear. We, we respect him more. We reverence him more. We're in awe of him more. But we're not thinking he's going to turn us into toast. Pew! Just we, if we do something wrong. If we do something that doesn't align with him. We don't think he's going to just... Pew! Because of Jesus. Have you heard? Jesus makes up all the difference. And that should make us fearful, not say, wow, now I have a license to be lacking. I have a license to sin. Not if you have the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord says, I should worship him more, that he's making up all the difference for me. I could have never made it to heaven on my own. I could have never been good enough. And I, I'm not good enough now. <laughs> if I have a track record of following God, I'm no closer to entering into heaven on my own. It's going to take all the blood of Jesus. And that's why he deserves more honor, more reverence, more fear, more awe of what he's done and not let it become common. The miracles of the desert for the Israelites were made common, weren't they? All those miracles they saw, and they wanted to go backwards? Miracles of God, when you see them, should propel us forward. Forward into more of what he wants for our lives. More of building the kingdom. We should never want to go backwards to another time. Even if we're going through persecution, we know he's going to do something amazing in that persecution that will prepare us for the next stage of our life and ministry. We should look at persecution like God does. Oh, I'm refining you. I'm allowing this persecution. It's refining of you. And hopefully the people that are persecuting you will discover the fear of the Lord. They'll discover the fear of the Lord. My sister laughed at me about Holy Spirit and all that involved. But God got a hold of her heart. And she ended up fearing the Lord and receiving him. After having her leg amputated twice below the knee. Now you say, how can that happen? Well, they, they took it one, at one place. It wasn't enough. They had to take another surgery to take off and that propelled her towards God I would think that would make her madder at God 
that she would laugh at me even more, like, oh yeah, you're God, look at what he's done for me. But instead, it softened her heart. She knew her need of God. She knew that she was not complete inside as well as outside, and he had to be her deliverer, her rescuer, her healer. And so she, in a circle with, with Mary Pat, received the Lord. And then the day before she passed away, she prayed out again, rededicating her heart and life to God. You know, that's, the, that's the fear of the Lord at work, right? Someone that was persecuting me as a young believer, and yet she got turned around. So those family members, fear God. Don't fear their reactions. Approach them in the right way. You don't have to walk up to them with a track and say, you need to read this and put it, stick it on their nose. You know, but love them. You know, ask God, how should I approach them? Some people like it straight up. They just like it straight up, and we're afraid to be straight up. The fear of the Lord will lead us how to approach a person. Jesus approached people very differently, individually, tailored his message to them individually. He didn't treat the woman at the well like he did the rich young ruler. He didn't treat the rich young ruler like he did Nicodemus. He didn't treat Nicodemus like he did Mary Magdalene. He treated them individually with an individually tailored life for them, eternal life for them. It does the same with us. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, this is Paul, but how much more in my absence? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, at the end of my definition, I'm saying we're doing it to please God. We're fearing God in order to please him. And here it says he's working in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. We approach him with fear and trembling. Do we tremble at the word of God? Or do we say, oh, that's a nice verse. I'll put it up in my bathroom. And maybe it'll remind me of something. Not a bad thing. But when we read some of these verses, are we catching the gravity of what they mean? Is the Bible something that we treasure? Or is it something we have and we put on a shelf? You know, the fear of the Lord, we should be cracking it open, right? We should find, be finding out what God has to say if we want to align with him and have awe and respect for him. Where do we find out <laughs> who he is? You know, through the Bible. We've got to crack it open. We've got to look at it. We've got to look at these verses that were passed out and say, wow, these are about the fear of the Lord. I want to know more about that. Fear and trembling. Wow. That says a lot about our attitude. You know, when, there, when there's a, a prayer time, are we trying to approach that with fear and trembling? Or do we say, oh, I don't have the time for that? When there's a corporate prayer time. We have one Friday. You know, are we fearing the Lord enough to want to participate with other believers and pray out to the Holy One? 
spend time in his presence. Now, someone that can't make it to that, am I, check, am I checking off? No, I'm, that, that's between you and the Lord. And sometimes you have a higher calling. That's true. It's absolutely true. So don't think that it's, a, it's an attendance thing. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. If you, you can check yourself, search yourself, let God search you. Am I missing these things because I don't really want to be there? I don't know what they do. I'm afraid of praying out in front of people. What a place to learn. You can just listen <laughs> to others pray. And, and you can have God put that into your life. So he has these opportunities for us. Do we step into them, or do we step kind of back? Fear of the Lord has a step into the things of God, has a step into his word, has a step into the spirit of God at move, at, when, he's at, when he's moving. If someone, you know, comes, dances in the middle of the aisle during worship, do we go, wow, I couldn't do that. Uh, uh, boy, that's a little free. Whew, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. You know, wow. I don't know, maybe... I don't know, somebody's got a little bit too much going on there, you know. Are we judging? And are we judging ourselves saying, I could never do that? I can remember times when the Lord touched me and I was, I looked like an absolute fool, I'm sure, in the meeting I was in. And I came to say, who cares? If God is touching me, who cares what other people think? So I'm snotting on the floor, or I'm dancing around like a wild man, or in one case, I was, I was frozen. I was at the front of a meeting, and Randy Clark went down, and he prayed for everyone. And I'd been prayed for by Randy Clark before. He was part of Global Awakening. And nothing, you know, I, I received, but nothing crazy happened. This one meeting in Baltimore, I don't know what it is about Baltimore, but I'm in front of the, and, there, you know, he prayed, and it's just before lunch. I'm frozen. I can't, and I'm in some, you know, some trembling. And the other people, they didn't get anything, and they backed up. You know, there's a whole line. I'm the only one in front of the whole room that looks like a wacko. And I thought, who cares what I'm feeling right now? What I'm feeling right now? It, it, it took Pastor Mary Pat to kind of get me to the floor so I could receive more. I always go to lunch after the meetings. Always. <laughs> because it's the other people that are on the floor for the most part. And I'm blessing it, and I'm thankful for God what they're receiving, but... I got what I'm supposed to get. You know, I've got notes to prove it. And then I'm on the floor, and I could care less about lunch. I mean, by the graciousness of God, she took me anywhere because it was a long, long lunch. So she helped me out of the room, and we eventually got to lunch. But I could have cared less, and that was something new for me. And what I received, I would never give away. I mean, you'll never want that to be reversed in any way. I don't care how goofy I looked in front of those people. It was like, oh, God, that I needed that. I didn't know I needed it as much as I needed it. And when I came home, I think it was from those meetings, 
I came home and I just thought, well, we'll have a simple service. We'll have people come forward after I preach a short message. Come forward and I'll just give them a word. And I had it in mind, I'll just give out the Father's love, just the Father's love. And then they, they can leave me and come up here and they can put down a representation that they received the Father's love, that, that they're going to love him more too. And like put down their purse or their wallet. Sounded very simple to me. We ended the meeting at 6, 6 p.m., something like that. It's close to 6 o'clock at night. People stayed. The words I was giving were like, I was just going to bless them with the Father's love. I looked back. I received more than I realized when I was prayed for and when I was in those wacky positions and shaking and whatever. Much more. And I released it the same weekend. What a joy. What an incredible joy. I would have never thought, well, we should end this service around 6 o'clock. That'll make everybody happy. People went out and ate lunch. They went out and ate dinner, and they came back. And I'm thinking, I could have never arranged that. I couldn't have called that one. But it starts, isn't it, with the fear of the Lord. It starts with receiving what he wants to do inside of us. So since this is a series, we're about three minutes away from finishing. I love that. You just turn it into a series. Then you don't have to quit. The fear of the Lord is the total opposite of natural fear. It is the total opposite of phobias and being afraid. It is the total opposite of the fear of man. It is one essential difference between an unbeliever and a believer, right? If we don't fear the Lord, you're not going to come and get born again. You're going to live your own life. You're going to live it, live it up. Wine women in song, or wine men in song, whichever. So you only become born again through the fear of the Lord. It is the difference between a born-again Christian and one who is truly under the lordship of Christ or baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have to have the fear of the Lord and not just say, well, I did something already. I came forward, I received, well, in your cases, you received on your own or from your parents. <laughs> but some people come forward and they receive the Lord and they're like, okay, that's it, I'm in heaven. Oh, good, okay, now I can live like I want and, you know, got Jesus in my back pocket and we're good, we're good. But it's those that keep following, right? The followers, the disciples, they get the good stuff. They get the closer relationship with God. They learn, they grow, they continue, they move forward. They have him do other miracles in their life, not just being born again, not just the lordship of Christ, not just baptized in the Holy Spirit. They have other miracles, turnarounds in their body, Malaria goes. Whatever it takes, he can do it. That's why we're contending for that wrist. We've had pictures. Pastor Mary Pat's wrist is not in a good place. We prayed a couple weeks ago about that. We're still contending. We're still believing. He has a special timing that someone will fear the Lord. Oh, by the way, the Builder went back to his Bible study. He shared what happened to him at the Bible study. He said, I would have missed God 
If I would have just listened to people and not listened to the Lord and not prayed out and cried out, God, I really want your way. And then he filled in my bucket. <laughs> he started bringing money right to me. There was a guy there in the study that night. My understanding was he was new to the group. He was considering, if he didn't hear that God was real, he was considering suicide. He heard this whole testimony, because apparently the Bible study was taken over by this testimony, from the builder now, who feared the Lord and watched God move and turned the house over to us that did have a Bible study that touched the nations in that room, and he has been a supporter of that ever since. But he, he was there, and this guy was there. He gave the testimony, and this guy said, I was about ready to commit suicide because I didn't believe God was real. Now I know he's real. You never know of when you fear the Lord how it's going to be used. There are people in here that have feared the Lord in certain circumstances and certain situations that I know of. He's going to use that. Be encouraged. He's going to use that. You are currently fearing the Lord in your circumstances. You are fearing the Lord with what, what is happening to you, what you're challenged with. He's going to move. He's going to work in your, on your behalf. He's going to change circumstances and people right around you because you're fearing the Lord. In your testimony, it's going to change them. Or your lifestyle, they're going to realize you've been with Jesus. And it's going to change everything. Some of you are stepping out. You're taking that risk. Some for the first time, doing first-time things. God is going to support you. He's got your back because you're fearing him in doing that. You're coming to the edge of the boat and say, Jesus... Tell me to come, and I'll come. And he says, let's go. And you jump out on that water. You say, well, yeah, but Peter sunk. Who pulled him up? <laughs> he didn't sink. Only sank temporarily. That's the same with all of us. But Jesus pulled him up and put his arm through his arm, I bet. And walked him back to the boat. Peter walked on water twice. I think the second time was the best. Because he walked with Jesus. He truly feared the Lord more than the winds and the waves. That was a whole lesson that Peter learned in that particular instance. <laughs> he had some other lessons he needed to learn, right? Just like us. But the guys in the back of the boat... They still probably didn't get it. Oh, what was that all about? He goes out there, he sinks. Jesus brings him back to the boat. You know, lifts him up, brings him back to the boat. I don't want to be embarrassed like that. Jesus have to bring me back to the boat? I just didn't leave the boat. We're all in the boat. What's the difference? They didn't fear the Lord. Peter did. He took the risk. And that lesson is there for all of us for all time. Of walk with Jesus, fear Jesus, and it turns out amazing. 
The fear of the Lord is a key difference between a church attendee and a disciple. Right? People come to church, and they might have all kinds of reasons why they're in the pews, why they're in the seats. They can have the reason of, well, God's up there kind of keeping track. You know, <laughs> Okay, that's three Sundays out of four. I, I think you pass for this month. Or, you know, they have some weird concept of God. But those that are hungry, like you all, you come to a small group that you could say, wow, must, must not be much happening there because they're a small group. Right? You could have that impression. Not much happening. You would have the wrong impression. Because God works with disciples. He works with those that are serious. Those that fear the Lord. And he multiplies their effect. Incredible. I'm learning that lesson every day. How much he multiplies those that are sold out to him. Multiplies their lives. As they fear the Lord. Instead of looking around who's with them. Who's Paul at one point said, all in Asia have forsaken me. We went over that a few weeks ago out of First and Second Timothy. All have forsaken me in Asia. Did Paul say, so I quit? Is that what he said? No. He looked to Timothy. He looked to Titus. He looked to others that were sons of his. He wrote them letters. And told them, go after it. Go after it. It's all worth it. It's all for Jesus. He didn't quit. He didn't quit. When all left. So this sheet is for you to kind of look over. It'll probably be here next time I speak. And we'll go over some of these scriptures. We'll go into more of the, the fear of the Lord. And what it can do for our lives. Because that's what the Christian life is supposed to be. Walking with God, realizing he is not just a partner. He is God Almighty. And so our awe of him, our reverence of him, changes everything in the equation. So Father, I pray for your people. Today, God, I pray, Jesus, that you would... Touch them, Lord, in a deep, deep way. All of them in this room have feared you at one point in their lives, in one instance, maybe as a lifestyle. God, and you're proud of them. But, Father, you want to take them further, deeper, higher, all of it, through Holy Spirit, through when they read the word of God, that they will value it in a whole new way because you're coming to them and saying don't forget this is about the fear of the lord this is about you don't look to somebody else to change look to you to change this is about you this is about you it's my love letter to you but it's also my commissioning of you to follow me follow me follow me be like me and god as we bend our knees together 
to fear the Lord God, more will be accomplished for the kingdom. More will be accomplished in our lives. And even higher than that, our intimacy with you will be amazing. And we'll be able to encourage one another in that. Our closeness with you. The fear of the Lord draws us in. Yes, God. We love that. We know you as Abba Father, even though you, you are a consuming fire at the same time. Jesus, draw us in in intimacy. Jesus, help us to rely on you rather than ourselves. Jesus, encourage us to line up with you for the, the incredible life you have for us. Even if there's persecution, even if I have to make choices that seem to leave me in lack, you will fill in the holes. You will provide what's needed in our lives, God. Your 700 plus names in the Bible and titles, Father, will be activated, activated in our lives to Provide for us, but also that we could minister freely to others, God, without fear of man. Thank you, Jesus. You have unlimited names in heaven. We can't wait to learn more names. Father, you might reveal them to us on this earth before we get there. You certainly did to those that were walking through the Bible in those days, God. You revealed your names. You revealed your names. Come with such intimacy, God, that we even know you by new names for you. New facets of the diamond that you are for us. The treasure you are for us. We love you, Lord. You love your people. You love each person in this room. God, let them receive that love and also the challenge to lay down their lives for the gospel. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord. I want to give this book away to someone that's learning more about the awe of God. <laughs> there you go. All righty. So as we're wrapping up here real fast, I just want to announce, if you can put it up on the screen. It disappeared. Okay. Well, we have <laughs> the uh, Freedom Cry Conference coming up. So as we're stepping into learning about more about the fear of the Lord and how we can serve others and minister to others, we also step in with our anti-human trafficking uh, redemption for life. And we have a conference about every year. And we will be having it this year, May 18th. It's an all-day event. There will be lunch provided. It, uh, there's no cost, but we do have registrations already open. There are people who are registering already. So if you can jump on there and register as well, uh, you have a half sheet that you can keep for yourself or pass out to others, and we'll have more here soon to be able to continue to invite other people. Um, there's also an event on social media on Facebook that you can say that you're going if you're on Facebook, and you can use that to share with others as well. Amen. We'll see you on Tuesday from 7 to 9, and at prayer on Friday at 9 p.m.